0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the MedLife Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Byron. And I'm Sawyer. And first and foremost, we want to thank you guys for being patient. I know this episode has, has taken a while to come to you, but um, it's been an eventful few months, huh, Sawyer?
1: Yeah, and there's a yeah, good reason why we have been kind of MIA uh, for the past few months is that we have been in the throes of step prep.
0: Yeah, step was um, step prep, which this episode will be about. Step prep and essentially what we did for the summer. Um, it was a it was an interesting time, but before we get into that, sorry, tell me what you did this summer. Mm,
1: aside from studying, um, so let's see, we ended our second year and we had about I'd say about four or five days off or something like that. Um, so the first thing we did was. Uh, my wife, daughter, and I headed to the beach, and we enjoyed that for the five days, and then our program wanted us back um, after that first weekend for some mandatory trainings in advance of clinical year, um, which got a lot of people up in arms and kind of upset about. Um, so I came back for that, and then for the next about five weeks, I was pretty much studying every day, um, but I was able to make it down um, to my parents' house. We had a party for um, one of my buddies' wedding. Um, And then shortly after step we went on his bachelor trip, which was very fun. And um, Then I guess I started rotations, Um, but we can get into that later. Uh, What did you do?
0: I'm actually really jealous because I've never been to a bachelor party. Not yet. You're still young. I'm very young. That's a good point. You're an old guy. (laughs) Yeah, Um, so what did I do this summer? I mean, of course studying for step after step though um, first after our year ended, I drove home. I decided to take step in Philadelphia, my hometown. Um, it was a, it was an okay decision. But when I went, um, it was good to see family, good to spend some time with my mom, good to see my uncle, my sister, and everybody. Um, post-step, I decided to go visit some friends over in Europe. <coughs> I have a friend that was doing his master's in, in the Netherlands, so I went over there and just spent some time there, had some fun. It was actually a really, really good time. I forgot really that you good went time' to Europe. I totally forgot yeah, to get that to be honest, man, I forget about it sometimes too, but it was my first time going to Europe um I'm really was not that big of a traveler growing up, so now that I can do it as a as an adult it's it's really exciting
1: oh I'm sure I'm sure everyone everyone likes to travel when they're able to you've been you've been yeah. across the Atlantic though a couple you've been to Africa, haven't you?
0: I have been to Africa, and I'm glad you said the Atlantic and then said Africa after because i'm my understanding of which oceans and stuff are it's it's terrible but yeah i I went to africa (laughs) i went to africa in 2019 um for like a month it was amazing best time best trip i've ever taken even better than the the europe trip i would say
1: and it's it's nice to get that um relaxing vacation under your belt because we don't really have much time off uh coming uh, this next year, we're pretty much going, you know 24 seven. and right now your your schedule's a little bit harder than mine because um, mine's uh, done for the next two weeks as opposed to yours. Um, so I actually get to relax a little bit more. Um, in the next couple weeks. Uh, we're gonna be headed to my grandparents um, up north for a few days. Um, but otherwise, this week, I'll be on daddy daycare and working <laughs> on working on some uh, a project that I just got put on. Um, so I'm going to try to get as much of that done as I can this week uh, and because uh, my next rotation surgery and I'm not going to have time to do anything. So I need to get some stuff under my uh, belt before I start surgery.
0: Okay, about us not having breaks, I was talking to one of our classmates uh, like a few days ago, maybe two days ago. Uh-huh. And she was telling me that if you had psych this rotation and you have family medicine next rotation, you essentially have a month off.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, our sjvP uh has a month off
0: that's insane
1: yeah i was talking to him and i was like that's kind of unfair like i think i would complain i don't want my month off right now because i'll have a month off after christmas break because i start family after christmas so i essentially get four weeks off and that's much better than the other way around you know
0: i'm i'm jealous i can't lie i'm very jealous of you guys
1: yeah yeah it is what it is it's like I, I well like for me you know uh, the specialty that I want to apply is early early match so I I thought when they asked us what we wanted to match in they would try to get our clinical schedule um, appropriate for like the people that have early match and I like so that psych could be given as your last rotation to give you those extra two weeks of dedicated um, but that doesn't seem to be the case
0: yeah man I agree I think it really would have been good if they they set us up based on what we want to apply into you know things happen. Um, but to get into our topic for the day, uh, sorry, we discussed kind of keeping it short, talking about, of course, the elephant in the room, step one, um, how we felt during it, and of course, um, now that we're in our clinical rotations, we wanted to go over some goals that we had for our clinical rotation, third-year clerkships.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. And I, I will preface all this is like brevity and being short is not our forte on this podcast. So... Despite us wanting it to be short, it may be lengthy.
0: Yeah, you have two guys right now that enjoy hearing themselves talk, so Oh, all the
1: time. So, so Byron, (laughs) uh, you know, we wanted to talk about kind of like our preparation for STEP, kind of our mindset going into it, but I think it might be helpful for some of our listeners that aren't necessarily in medical school um, if we can do a brief kind of uh, introduction on like what STEP 1 is um, to those listeners to kind kind of understand what we were doing the last, you know, two months.
0: For sure. Um, I'm going to try to do this without Googling it because I should know what step is. Um, So USMLE Step 1, United States licensure, whatever. Yeah, so it's essentially a test, an eight-hour long test that compiles all the information that we were supposed to learn or did learn the first two years of our medical school training and puts it into an eight-hour long exam. And in the past, I would say prior to two years ago, it was scored. And previously that, that score weighed pretty heavily on what specialty you were going to be competitive for. Mm-hmm. Um, exactly. But recently, in the last two years, they changed to pass-fail. So I would say the studying for it kind of, kind of changed. Um, we're going to get into that. But for me, kind of, I'm getting ahead of myself, but I think I have a lot more respect for the people that were taking step when it was scored because the amount of stress that I felt like I was under taking it and it was just a pass-fail. I can't imagine people that were actually gunning for a score with, were, were feeling at the time, you know?
1: Oh, 100%. I, w- during my prep, I couldn't ima- imagine. I, I, I would often think of things that I would have been done doing differently if it was scored. And I, and I know we talked about it a few times on the phone um, during like our dedicated process, which dedicated is what medical students call the time between the end of their second year and the time they take step one, is it, it was easy to get caught up in kind of the traditional test prep that we have there they compose of a que- uh, question banks um, and like practice tests and they haven't caught up to the new pass fail so you would take some of these practice tests and then you would get your score and for me like it would be like discouraging sometimes when I didn't get as high as I wanted to because traditionally the specialty that I'm applying to has a higher score, but it didn't matter for me and Byron because our test isn't scored. Uh, so that was kind of one of those things that for me was frustrating during the process was like grounding myself and hey, dude, you just need to pass. You don't need to you know, score a you know, 280 in a make-believe scoring system that doesn't exist anymore. But the pass-fail, I would say overall for me, um, motivated me less. I don't know if you felt the same way.
0: I actually kind of felt opposite. Um, because we were getting that kind of score report when we were taking practice exams, I was kind of going for, okay, I want to apply into whatever competitive specialty that I want to get into. Um, and usually the score is like this. This is what it was for a few years ago. That That's what I'm going to try to get. Even though it was a pass-fail situation, I don't know. I, I, I think if I was going to study to the pass-fail, I probably would not have have gone as hard as I did and granted I probably did too much who knows but um, yeah I think I think um, it being pass failed it really didn't deter how I studied I probably would have studied the exact same way
1: yeah so like for me like I didn't do any content review like once I like <laughs> once I took my first practice test I was like uh, I think I'm just gonna do questions and get my content yeah that's there. insane that's yeah insane. it was like okay if I am passing without looking at biostats why would I look at biostats like yeah, that's that's, that's where I was. But then but then I, I knew I knew that if I like was like gunning like three years ago for a really high score, then I would have dedicated that time um to it. Like I but I, I still I, I was still working eight hours a day, right? So like I was doing questions and at that time I was like a, you know how I am with Anki too, like I'm a psychopath. So I was yeah. still averaging probably, you know, upwards to 900 cards a day and that was taking me, you know, a couple hours to get through. Um so I just I would say the past fail made me skimp on content more because I really prioritized that over the year with like Anki and Onking. because um, I kept those cards open like all year, so I was constantly reviewing that old stuff. Um, but if it was if it was a scored exam, I and I, I would have taken a step later too. Like if if it was a scored exam, I took it what five weeks into it because you took it what five, like six days before me or five days before me. I would have pushed it back as late as I could if uh, if it was scored.
0: My OB rotation is really showing me how important he is
1: it's like the only way to get as much information as you need in a short amount of time
0: it's crazy how much you retain and like on king i feel sometimes i'm doing a World set and word for word a card is translated into a question it's like word for word and it's the craziest thing sometimes i'm like okay I can see why Saur was so obsessed with thing for this thing well, for like yeah. the last two years.
1: 100. And uh, you, uh, there's some uh, stuff on Ankiing with their U World questions, like specifically. Um, so that may be what you're seeing. Um, okay. But yeah, no, I definitely I was you know I was talking with uh, one of our classmates on my way to see the movie today. I decided to give him a call and see how he was doing. And uh, like some people say, onking or Anki in general isn't for them. And I was making the point that I never watched a single sketchy micro video throughout my second year of medical school. I just did the Anki cards and I scored, you know, pretty well in that MBME for, um, uh, for micro. So I was like, you don't even have to like, like the con, like you don't even have to use the the source material for Anki and you can just shove it in your head like I did and it'll work. Um, but I, yeah, I think, I don't think people give it the, give it the chance it needs. Um, I think it could be useful for a lot of people. Um, but anyway, kind of back to, you know, our mindset for, you know, step prep was I just treated like a job, like anything else. Um, kind of similar to MCAT studying. I would wake up and do the same routine every day. And like, I knew I had an end goal. And so I prioritized, you know, my time from what did I started like eight to five every day. And I would go later, you know, sometimes an hour and a half into like after like eight, um, go to like nine thirty or so but it just treated it like a job and knew that i had an end goal and made sure that i had the appropriate like uh, benchmarks throughout the way so i always took an nbme form on saturday to make sure like either a i wasn't re- regressing and like b i was scoring well enough to go into the exam um and and pass because that's really at the end of the day we got to pass do you think, so uh, my mindset was treated like a, do you think, think, think
0: you took enough nbmes
1: I think I took the perfect amount,
0: um, especially
1: after taking Step, was um, – how many did you take? I took three.
0: I took three as well.
1: Yeah, so, like, I was glad that – because I went and I looked on Reddit and looked at the, uh, like the recommendations for what order to take those forums, and I'm glad I didn't listen to them because the old ones were not representative of the actual test uh, than the newest one. Uh, and I'm glad I did three because if I did older ones, like, the content's the same – but the style of question um, and the way they write the question was a little bit different um, on the newer one and, and what they do on step, because like, that was one thing I didn't anticipate, which we may talk about, on because like, when we get into what we thought on test day was like the questions were so long, and I think I did the perfect amount. I don't know what I would gain by doing more. Um, I don't know, how'd you feel?
0: Okay, so my experience was a little similar, I think. Up until like three days before my test day, I only did two exams. I did I, I did two MBMEs. I did one of the U Worlds. I did two of the MBMEs. And then three days before my actual test, I made the big mistake of doing U World self assessment too. And I mean, I guess if I would have listened right, to people right, right. and did my own research, I would have known not to do it. But I did it. And it just completely crushed my confidence going into that test. Um, so this was three days before. So I was like, okay, maybe I have to push back. Something has to happen. Like, what's going on? Um, so then I just bullied myself into taking another MBME the next day, and of course it worked out. But I think if that didn't happen, I would have only taken two. So I, I think the MBMES were were extremely predictive, personally.
1: Oh yeah, I mean, I I, I agree too. Um, I I think if anyone's taking. Step they definitely should and really any I think I'm pretty sure for like when I was in PA school, um there was a few test banks that had like practice um board exams, um but anyone taking, you know a board exam if the company that make that writes the exam offers practice test I would prioritize those over like a third party um assessment because those third party assessments are built to have a low score so you use their product so you got to take those with a grain of salt um but yeah I think. Anyone doing prep should be doing those MBME forums at least once a week, probably just once a week and using, you know, Saturday you afternoon a, and half of Sunday. Are you attempting them. conspiracy theories? That's pretty thurs? critical. And, uh, <laughs> not a conspiracy. It's, I mean, it's confirmed. I don't, you don't need, I don't, I, yeah, I'm so, I'm so far deep in the rabbit hole you can't get me out. I mean, just going back to like my MCAT stuff, like I took a few of the uh, third party ones and like my score was like significantly lower than when I took the double AMC ones. So it, it's, that's what they're built to do um but kind of transitioning how did you feel you know on test day was were you surprised um or like what would you even do like how did you like when you showed up did you know where your test center was how, how are you feeling walking into it how honestly during the great?
0: test I kind of um well okay waking up I don't even know how I felt to be honest everything felt like a blur going into the test it kind of felt like a blur but I, I was the first one there um and the people they were just extremely nice I wasn't expecting that. I, you know, in my mind, I'm going into testing center, taking an eight hour test, people are going to be mean, saying, sit here, don't move, don't breathe. But they, they were cool. They're like, oh, you got this. And they kept, they were really encouraging. Every time I went to the bathroom, they, they were just saying something really encouraging, so that was cool. Um, in taking the test, I would say the questions were much, much longer than than I expected. However, I did like kind of adapt a way of answering questions. Mm-hmm. Where the length really doesn't matter, so I th- I think that really didn't bother me as much. Um, but I feel I, w- I would say the only real difference is to me in taking the actual exam, the correct answer or what I think is the correct answer, because I will never know because I don't get a score report back or um, answer sheet. What I think was the correct answer, I would say if I had ten questions. Seven out of the top, seven out of those ten questions, the right answer would pretty much be obvious, um, and it was not like that on any practice test that I've taken. Oh, so definitely. I think that was yeah, the that. that was the big difference that I noticed. Um, I, I was great on time. I really didn't get tired, which is really weird because sitting in the same spot for eight hours with two bathroom breaks was 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 a challenge. But I, all in all, I think it went well. How about you?
1: Yeah, so uh, my in-laws took my daughter that night, uh, so I was able to get a full night's rest um, just in case that she happened to wake up. Uh, then I went and dropped my wife off on my way there because my in-laws live on the way to the testing center. Because I lived about halfway between two testing centers in our city, um, one's in kind of in the opposite direction, and one's kind of in the big city. Um, so I chose the one against traffic since it was a weekday. And uh, so I got to my I got to my testing center. Um, I parked in a big parking deck. I actually had issues knowing how to pay to park so I went and talked to one of the attendants and I was like hey I'm confused on how to pay to park can you help me and so she walked me over to the the machine and like walked me through it and I like looked at her and I was like look like I'm taking a an exam to you know further my career as a doctor and this is I'm not off to a great start at all right now I can't even figure out how to pay to park in a parking deck um but I got there and there was probably you know 10 people in the testing center. Majority of them were taking step one. They go to um, the, one of the medical schools in the middle of the state. Um, we'll probably run into them um, soon um and then uh, funny we so they were like they came in the testing people came in were like everyone that's taking step one since you'll be here for eight hours we're gonna check you in first like even if you were like the last person here like they all cut the line so that was pretty cool like checking in um while I was checking in like I turned around and um there was a person who had uh the same company that my wife works for the backpack so I turned around I was like hey do you work for you know so and so and they were like (laughs) yes and I was like oh my goodness my wife's probably your boss and so I was able to make that connection with uh, one of my wife's coworkers, uh, which was really funny. And then, uh, yeah, I t- took a test. Um, so I don't use, use uh, earplugs, um, but someone was breathing pretty aggressively throughout the entire test, so that was kind of distracting. Um, but same as you. I was, like, taken aback by the length of the questions. Um, but, you know, you quickly adapt and you figure it out, especially when you do U-Rolled. Their questions are so long that you figure out kind of a way to, you know, dissect those questions into really what they need and filtering out all the useless information um and then i took every break um that i could whether that was just going on going to the bathroom or like eating a granola bar or my apple but i utilized every single break but by the end of it i yeah i accumulated like a lot of break time because um, as for those of you who don't know it for step one is you're allotted i forget like 60 minutes per Question set like per block, and then the time that you don't use is added to your break time. So I accumulated a good bit of time by the end, um, but it was good. Yeah, I finished the test. I took every break and uh, met up with my buddy who's a fourth year um, at the where I took the test. He's a fourth year medical student now. Um, we met up and, and caught up, and that was really fun. And then went back home and you know just just sat down and didn't do anything, uh, which was awesome for the first time in a long time where. We were able to just sit because you know, once the second year started, we really had never turned off. Because as soon as we were done with M2, we went right into dedicated, and that kind of sucked. Like, I, I like looking back, like we studied for like four months straight.
0: The, just hearing that gives me a headache, honestly. Right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I know. It's like it was, it was it, like looking back on it, it's like, why did they do that to us? I don't know, I don't get it. Um, but hey, we made it. Um, we made it so.
0: And to be honest, I'm trying to think right now, what. Did I do after the test? I have no idea what I did.
1: I don't even think I no, 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 no. So I went back to my in laws and they asked what I wanted and I was like, I just want like cookout food. Like I want hamburgers, hot dogs, beans, coleslaw, and mac and cheese. Like that's what I want. That's what like one of my favorite meals. And so we had a we had a little cookout um at their house. That's what we did.
0: I think my flight okay. So what I did was my test was on the twelfth and my flight was on the fourteenth, which was not smart, because if I was going to push it back, my trip was over. Um, but I think when I was done the test, I, did I pack? I don't... To be honest, everything is a blur. Everything regarding that, that two-week period it was a complete blur. Even going when I was in Amsterdam, all I could think about, unfortunately, was the test, even though oh, I had a yeah. good time. Oh, yeah. And, and that's
1: the thing. The, the, the results come back, like, two weeks later. So for me, that first week, uh, I was, like, not stressed at all. And then... That second week, like leading up to that Wednesday when the results came out, I was like, oh, what if? Like, I don't think it happened. Like, nothing says it should happen, but like, what if it does? And so that's like really stressful. Um, but, you know, I'm happy to say, you know, we made it through, passed, and um, on to the next step, and that's clinical year.
0: Speaking of clinical year, let's transition into our next topic. So I, I want you to tell me some goals you have going into clinical. Yeah,
1: work. and it's been nice. Like I mentioned earlier, is I have finished my first one. Um, our first, like We have two rotations that are shorter than the others. And so I was on one of those ones, my first rotation. So they actually made us fill out a uh, like objectives, like a self-objective for this rotation. And so like my academic ones were like just like. Hoopla just to put down on the forum, um, but I had personal goals. They asked for those too and I, I put uh, you know you know maintaining you know my health and going to the gym for that, and then continuing to make time for my family. And I think that's probably the, one of the biggest things for me this clinical year is like not lose sight of like what's important to me. And first of that is like family. So doing the best that I can to like compartmentalize going to the clinic, and when I get home, you know, being able to spend those few hours with my wife and daughter uh, as best as I can. that's the, kind of the complicated thing of, of clinical year for medical students is you're expected to go to the, your hours, you know that we work similar. we I mean, work as a stretch sometimes. but we are expected to be there the same amount of time as the, the, the attending position as well as the resident. And then we also have tests at the end and we're expected to study for that at the end. And that can be really hard to kind of balance going to the clinic and studying and then having a life outside of that. So I want to continue to keep an eye on that, like keep that eye on the prize, right? Um, I don't want to lose sight of, you know, enjoying medicine because this can be really hard and kind of draining and like demeaning sometimes the work that medical students do. So I want to continue to be optimistic and like learn um, and continue to learn. Uh, I'd like to drop some of my bad habits that I picked up while being a PA or in PA school and kind of start fresh and be a a blank slate um, and just continue to work towards being the best physician that I can. Um, How about you? Or do you have anything to comment on that?
0: Um, I, I like how you mentioned keeping your family time as a priority. I think that's something that was, for me, that was definitely lost the first two years and... Uh, it's just tough to do that the first two yeah. years. So I, I think this year we'll have more time to do so. I don't, I don't know. Like now that we have started third year, I can truly say that I think I enjoyed third year more than the first two because we are going to, we are working the same amount, not working, like you said, but we're, we're in the clinic in the hospital, same amount of time as the residents and attendings. However, like, when we go home, yeah, we have to study for a test, but the test isn't for another two months, theoretically, if you start at the beginning, you know? Um, so if you play the long game and study 20, 30 minutes a day from the beginning of the rear rotation, you'll be okay. Oh, sure. um, we, we didn't have that luxury second or first year, so I, I really like putting family first or making them a yeah. priority. I think that's a good good goal for you to have.
1: And, and like, my perspective has changed, too, kind of, because, like, think for the first, you know, year and a half, of or I guess once my daughter was born, was I've been with them every single day since she's been born. Because as soon as she was born, I kind of quit going to class, right? And so I have literally sat in the basement with my wife as she worked all through second year. And this is the first time really since our daughter was born that I have left for an extended amount of time every day. So it is like new to me and like trying to, you know, navigate that and those feelings. But it's kind of cool. She's getting to the age where she recognizes me coming home. And so those are special moments that we can share when I walk through the door. Um, So it's just like a different thing that I gotta get used to but I don't want to lose sight of it. And that's actually one of our, you know, our our psych professor for second year um, brought, he basically was like, if you guys don't do these habits now, it's going to be harder when you're a resident and gonna be even harder when you're an attending. So prioritize these habits now. And that really stuck with me. Um, Oh yeah, they said
0: something like, um, if you don't set boundaries for yourself or make time for yourself now, it's going to be even harder when you're a resident, and going to be even more impossible when you're an attending. I do remember that.
1: Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah. So what? What else for you?
0: Um, a few goals I have. Well, one of the most important ones, definitely, is, is to get comfortable in, in my patient interaction skills. Um, I would say at the beginning of my rotation, I kind of, I kind of shied away from speaking up or really interacting with patients. Um, in fear of they could they could see that I didn't know what I was talking about, even if I did know what I was talking about. Um, that, that, that was tough for me. So getting that confidence and interacting with the patients as a part of their care team, I, I think that's something that I really want to improve upon because patients at, at the hospital that we're at, I feel like they can smell fear on you. So if you're afraid, if you're like unsure at all, if you have any uncertainty in your voice, they're going to call you out for it. And they're not going to want you to be a part of their care. Um, I've seen it already. So that's one thing. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. I'll tell you about it later. Um, So my second one would probably be um, properly applying the knowledge that we got the first two years. I think we learned a lot. Mm -hmm. We had a lot of information thrown at us. They say uh, medical school is like drinking from a, a fire hose. And that's what it was like the first two years. However, I think now that I do have some of that knowledge, I want to be able to actually apply it to actual clinical examples. You know what I mean? So like, I I want to use the information that I learned, have it in the back of my head. Oh, I know this shout out word, or I know this shout out presentation. Let me see if I can see it in an actual patient. Mm -hmm. Um, So being able to do that is something that uh, I look forward to. And I've able to do it so far, like I've been able to Analyze a patient and be like, "Oh, she has that, or he has that." It must mean this, and then you do the labs and I'm like, okay, it's confirmed, and it's good. It's it's good feeling. It's satisfying um, to get it right a few times, but I, you know, I just want to get it right all the time, which is impossible. But
1: <laughs> right, so I, I think I've shared that this quote with you guys before. I don't know if it's on the podcast or not, but it's uh, you know, the path of being right and wrong is the same if you're never told yeah. that you're wrong. Um, so it is it is very important to not, I mean, not make you're not making great mistakes as a student right now, but it's important to kind of recognize those mistakes and being told of those mistakes um, before something bad can happen. So, but I think all those goals are definitely attainable. It'll be fun to go through the rest of third year and kind of reflect or re-listen to this for ourselves and kind of see, you know, how we've grown and how we've become more like the position we want to see ourselves be. Um, because it's a longer at the head, but I think a lot of these goals too, like especially with patient interaction, like of course that's something that I want to grow on as well. Um, that's probably, I mean, to also think about it, that's a lifelong thing. Like that's going to change, you know, from the time you're this age to you know when you're thirty-five or um, forty or at the end of your career, it's going to constantly be changing, and it's kind of kind of interesting to think about how that's going to develop as you progress. Yeah, it's doctor. like
0: anything in life; the more you do it, the, the more comfortable you're going to be. You know, uh, we we spent the oh, first yeah, two sure. years yeah, sitting yeah. in. Uh, like a box, learning, shoving information into our brains, reading books, or clicking through Anki, watching videos. So this is just a complete 180 in terms of what we're we're doing on a day-to-day basis. So it's going to take more than two months to get to feel comfortable, to get acclimated with your surroundings.
1: Yeah, and as much as it is like a conversation too, like, you know, I did this for two years and I got paid to do it, to talk to patients. But even as a medical student, it's like, it's still kind of, not scary, but I do get nervous going and talking to a patient for the first time. And not to mention, you know, It's a it's a different dynamic. Like you're used to talking to people. Like I've seen you. You're not shy to people per se. But like when you're talking to a patient, there's a new kind of uh, dynamic between you and the patient, right? So like you're a medical student and you're kind of like you're not above them, but you know more than them and you're you're involved in their care. So there's a new dynamic that you have to figure out how to maneuver um, when you're talking to these patients, which is another hurdle to kind of overcome. Despite in in, in addition to trying to figure out what the diagnosis is and impress the doctors that you're working with. So yeah, it's it, it. it is, it's a lot. And we probably could have a whole topic, a whole episode just on patient interaction as a medical student, honestly.
0: We'll probably say, we'll probably say that for the archive. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's a probably a good idea, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think this is a good place to stop. This was a really good episode. I'm really glad that we were able to uh, talk about STEP, kind of, you know, hopefully help some of you that are, you know, preparing to take it in the year or in the future, um, kind of prepare and kind of our thoughts going into it. And so knowing that the way you felt is how you're supposed to feel going into this big test um but yeah we're thankful to you guys as always as sticking around and listening and you know uh we're sorry that we were mia oh yeah um, for a few months um but we're glad that yeah we're glad to be back um you know we talked about it a lot you know recording but this was a little bit more important to us and um you know it could it big big impact on our career um so we're just happy to be back and i know i, I wish we were together too we're recording this remotely
0: um but hopefully we can get back yeah to i soon. just want to take time to really really shout out to people that kept asking us email us emailing us texting us wondering when the next episode was going to come um the goal was not to wait three to four months to actually put out another one but uh to reiterate what sawyer said uh this was a really big test for us um so we did take time to study for it to take it until after we took the test um and I don't know, I talked to Sora a lot, and even during this testing and studying period, we barely spoke. So it, it is something that, that took a lot of time and a lot of effort and a lot of focus for us. I, I'm glad we did it, but I'm also glad to get back on the horse and start recording more episodes for you guys.
1: Yeah, it felt good. Yeah. Felt and I, good. I'd be lying if, if
0: I said I wasn't, I can't speak for Sora. I was definitely nervous recording again for the first time in a while, but it, it's like riding a bike, honestly.
1: Yeah, it it was like riding a bike. But at the beginning, we were talking about, you know, what's the flow going to be for this? I was like, how do we do this again? Like, I feel like this just comes so second nature about, like, the fourth episode. We were just, like, flowing. I was like, how do we do this? Um, But, yeah, but it's been fun. Um, So um, thanks, you guys, for listening. And as always, I'm Sawyer.
0: See you guys.